Hey guys, my name is Kara Marie Morris, and this is the Words in Season podcast. Thank you for tuning in every week. Thank you for watching. And I know that this would be an encouragement to you as you share it on your social media. You can share it with other people because it is the word of God. And I know that every time that you tune in to the Words in Season podcast, that Jesus has a word in season for you. So this week, I wanna talk to you about how you have been adopted into God's family. Thank you for tuning into this episode. So in this week's episode, I wanna to talk to you about how we have been made sons. Even as daughters, we're now sons. We're sons of God. He has adopted us with a plan and with a purpose and out of his love. In Ephesians 1, starting in verse 4, it says that he chose us in him before creation. He chose us in him, in Christ, before the creation of the world so that we would be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, God, in love, God predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and goodwill. He planned and it was his pleasure, it was his pleasure to extend his son. The hand of his son was extended saying, I want you, I need you, I see you. And when we took that hand, we took it by faith, that gift of grace, of salvation, we took it by faith. It was the Father's pleasure to accept us and adopt us into his kingdom. In Romans 8, 16, it says, the spirit with himself testifies that we are now God's children. For those who are led by the spirit of God are God's children. The spirit which you have received does not make you slaves. God didn't make me his slave. He made me his son when he adopted me. And now I cry, Abba, Father. And it is now the spirit of God that testifies with my human spirit that I am his child and nothing can change that or take it away. In John 14, 18, it says, I will not leave you as an orphan. God didn't leave us as an orphan. It says, no, he left this planet and said it was gonna be better if he left. It was better that he left so that he could impart his nature, not into just one person, but into every believer that would ever live. And as Jesus called God, Father, Abba, now I, as recreated in Christ with a new nature, I can now call God my Father. Continuing in Romans 8, it says, starting in verse 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And we could even change that and say, if God loves us, who can be against us? If we are God's child, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave himself up for us all, will he not all along with him graciously give us all things? And who will bring us any charge against him whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus died, and more than that, he was raised to life and is now at the right hand of God, interceding for us. And who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, or famine, nakedness, or sword? No. And all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any power, any height or depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. What I think is amazing here is it says that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God because God is love. It doesn't say that God, nothing will be able to separate us from the miracles or from the salvation or the healings, but they didn't have to say that because that is all inclusive in the love of God. Because God loves us, he heals us. Because God loves us, it's his nature towards us. Because God loves us, he extended salvation to us. Nothing can separate me from the nature of God. Nothing can change my DNA, my inward being that is a new creation. No one can take that away from me. So God's love is an everlasting love. In Jeremiah 31, in Jeremiah 31 verse 3, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you out with unfailing kindness. His love for us, his love for the world, but also his love towards believers is everlasting. It's not just a duration of time and it lasts forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. No, it is that, but it is also a quality of love. There's no higher quality of love than his love because it can outstand anything. Anything that would try to come against the love of God, his love is stronger. His love is greater. So his love is an everlasting love. It's an unfailing love. His love is never failing. Let's go to Psalms 143 verse 8. Psalms 143 verse 8 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for you I entrust my life. So every morning, every time we see the sunrise, that is the natural world. That is a reminder. God's love is unfailing, just like the sun will rise every day and the sun will set every day. It is a reminder of God's unfailing love. We would be all freaked out and nervous if we heard a report on the news that said, the sun isn't setting today. It just never set. It's just still, it's still there. No, it is a reminder. It sets every day. It rises every day. It crosses the sky every day. And that's how unfailing God's love is every minute, every moment every second he is reminding us of his unfailing love so the life of the believer is a life of a child believing that god loves us and being able to not only believe it but take action on that love god loves me so that means i don't have to be anxious i don't have to let anxiety and depression run my life now if i only did things that i felt like doing or if i only did things that oh, I don't feel anxious about those things, so those are the things I'm going to do, then I, I would have definitely quit my job, and I would have definitely not been flying on airplanes, and I definitely wouldn't talk to strangers, and I definitely wouldn't do anything new. But it is God's unfailing love that is the anchor to our soul. This word is an anchor to our soul that allows me to be steady, allows me to be steady, allows me to be like this rock, steady on this rock. That is God's unfailing love. It allows me to be steady in this rock and allows me to be able to go and to do the things because I know where I'm centered. I know that there is the anchor to my soul. There is something that is holding onto me. When I feel like I, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, there is the anchor and that is the love of God, knowing that I have a gracious heavenly father 
that loves me. So his love is everlasting. His love is unfailing. His love never fails. As it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, his love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, is an exact description of who God is first towards me. More so than, uh, sometimes I feel like, okay, yeah, this is what I have to do. And it's like a, a Christian to-do list. Gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do this. I gotta fulfill 1 Corinthians 13. But when I'm resting in him, I'm way more likely to do that than if I'm trying on my own strength. I definitely will mess up if I just try on my strength alone. So this is God and his love towards me. I can read it like this. God is patient towards me. God is kind towards me. God is not envious towards me. God does not boast towards me. God is not proud. God does not dishonor me. And God is not self-seeking towards me. God is not easily angered at me. And God keeps no record of my wrongs. God does not delight in evil or when evil overtakes me. But God always protects me. God always trusts me. God always hopes toward, towards me. And God always perseveres in my life. God never fails towards me. He will never let me fail. He will never let me stumble. He will never let me be moved because he loves me as his child. So as it says in 1 John 3, 1, what quality of love is this? What amazing love is this? It's everlasting. It's unfailing. It's all we looked at in 1 Corinthians 13 towards us. He is love that never fails. So we are his children and because we are his children, he has plans, he has desires for us. He wants better for us than we want for ourselves. Let's go to the last scripture of this episode. Let's go to Jeremiah 29. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And as you call on me and come to me and pray to me, I will listen to you. And when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord. God is not hiding from us. God is not trying to get us to do something to, for him to love us more. He loves us because he is our gracious heavenly father. And he has a love for us like we've never experienced, even from a really good parent. His love is a higher quality. His love will last longer. His love can endure anything. Amen. His love will never fail us in our lives. Sometimes we feel like that. God, where were you? You failed me. But my thought process can be rearranged with the renewing of the mind, knowing that love never fails. When I really am experiencing the love of God in my life, I know that mm, if there's a failure, if there's something that hurt me, if there's something that's wrong, it was not God. Because God doesn't fail, love doesn't fail, and God is love. I know that if there's something in my life that isn't good, I know if there's something in my life that's a failure or a hurt or a pain, I know that it's not from God. So that means if God is love and love never fails, that means that God never fails. His love towards me never fails to reach me, never fails to protect me because God loves me as a gracious heavenly father. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.